Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. To Uno, and we're on air, and it's City Limits, and we're back for um, for the year. And uh, I won't uh, I won't say what I say this day every year, Mark. What do you normally say, Kevin? I won't say it. Oh, I really want to know now. Now you've asked the question, I'll say it, but people are sick of hearing it. I always say that when people come back off a break on radio, they always say it's lovely to be back. Right. I refuse to say that. I say, oh, damn it, here we go again. Well, it's nice to be, nice to be drinking tea again with you, which is nice. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, so that's, that's a good thing. Yes. Uh, so there we are. Anyway, we're all. How long back. is it? How long has it been since well, it's been about the last six weeks? Six weeks. But the good news next year is that yes. today we we got sort of done done in this year because today is the first of February. So oh, yes. Wednesday ended up being the first. So we, but next next year presumably the first of unless things something changes dramatically, the first of February will be a Thursday and we'll get an extra week's break. That's assuming we're all here next year, Kevin, that's, after that's, another year of Trump. That's right, that's right, that's right. If, well, once, if we survive World War III, we'll yes. be here. Yes, yes. that's right. Yes. Well, so it's good to be back. It's good to be back. What, what's on the menu for this today? Well, today is Transport Day. Yes. Uh, John McPherson Day. Uh, our usual commentator and expert. John is not feeling well. Um, oh. But, but... Despite that, he's braving it, and he's going to come on later. He couldn't come in because he wasn't feeling well, but he's happy to uh, talk to us over the phone in the second half of the oh, program. Oh, that's, so that's very good of him. We're going to, yep, it is indeed. Um, and uh, so we'll be talking to John in the second half as I ruffle up some papers and get myself organised. And um, so there's been, but there's been so much happening over the break, of course. So mm. there were some major things. Uh, one of the ones that fascinated me, uh, just as one of the sort of aside things. Um, and those who listen to the week that wasn't going to hear this a couple of times this week as well, I suspect. Um, the government, when it was in a bit of trouble at one stage there with ministers um, buying things on the gold coast at public expense, etc., etc., um, as usual, they suddenly found terrorists. Uh, and they suddenly found that the media were there when the terrorists were being arrested. It was amazing. Um, but uh, And in the course of that... I was taken by the fact that outside court, a a woman in a full burqa with only her eyeballs showing effectively, uh, when the media were trying to photograph her, put a paper over her face to hide herself. And I thought, if you're wearing a full burqa, why would you bother trying to cover up your face? Mm, it's a fair point. Yeah, mm. yeah. Just, that, just fascinated, that just struck me as fascinating and... Uh, I thought there was probably you know, a bit of overkill there somewhere. Whoa, uh, yes, yes. On both parts, on, on the government's behalf and everything else. Yes, but look, let's pour Christ. some tea. You're, you've already got a cup. I, oh, I do. I, I started... I bought another cup in, but I won't even ask Andy. I mean, he's just hopeless when it comes to tea. I started a bit earlier go. today yeah, on the caffeine. Right, there we go. Right, there we are. That's our first <laughs> pouring of the year. Um, you'll be pleased to know... Then amid, amid all the other things, I've got a few things to say about our usual favourite newspaper, but their economic, well, Australia's leading business commentator, they modestly, modestly calls himself, top of the page, uh, Terry McCran. Uh, Tezza uh, yesterday came out 
about this latest move on the doomsday clock, which is now the closest to midnight since whatever, mm. and they're blaming Trump. Now, he, he says blaming Trump is terrible because he has an article saying how good Trump is. Um, <laughs> but then he, he concludes by saying, and we know he's been a long-time sceptic of climate change, yes. and one of his objections also is that they now include climate change in the clock. But he, he says, um, he concludes by saying, cli- so-called climate science is really a religious cult. Mm. So-called well, there we go. climate science. There so we go. That's, that's terrible. Um, yes. Well, not really surprising from, from the Herald Sun to have that, but um, it's another wake-up call about how we have to be very wary of what we read. And we have to be think critically, folks. Yeah, yes. I, I, I think reading Terry McCran, you don't have to think too deeply, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make that little point. <laughs> the, the, but also, in, the, in terms of the environment in the, in the last couple of weeks, of course, we've also seen Alcoa. And again, there was a, a major coincidence because, as we've mentioned on this program a number of times over the years, when the State Electricity Commission was privatised, and hasn't that been a, a wonderful boon to all of us? Uh, Privatised, they retained. Most people weren't aware until we, we tell them on this program, of course, because we're so wonderful. But um, there is a body called there was a body and is a body called the SEC maintained, and there's still an SEC, and its and its sole role is to pay the electricity bill for Alcoa, which uses about ten percent of the state's electricity, uh, and so. It's been subsidised and it's been a contractual thing ever since or since they started, but it carried over in the privatisation process. And the state has been giving massive subsidies, so we're effectively paying their electricity bill. Is that right? Yeah. Um, but Jeez. But the contract ran out late last year. I'm going to have a sip of tea. Hang on. Yeah, you yeah. say something like you're astounded by that or something. Well, it is. It is. I am. A, well, again, I'm nothing surprised. Yeah. I'm so cynical nowadays that nothing yeah. really surprises me anymore, but I am nevertheless a bit astounded. Right. Keep well, going. You, yes. you couldn't have been on one of the programs where we said it because we said it a few times. But anyway, um, at late last year, the contract ran out and they had to start paying their bills. Um, and AGL is the company now directly involved with mm. them providing. Uh and would you know, again, coincidences just happen upon coincidence, don't they? All of it, and I'm not, you know, one would never be a conspiracy theorist in these things, but just at the point where they had to start paying full price for their electricity, the plant broke down due to problems with the, um, with the SEC, the problems coming out of South Australia and the, the storm damage over there, and they had to close the plant down. They had to close the plant down at the same time <laughs> and then say, well, look, we can only reopen it if we get a decent deal on electricity. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And they got a decent deal. You never deal. know. It could, <laughs> be. it could be a coincidence, Kevin. Well, the you decent, never, never know. The decent deal is they've now got a 240 million government's, billion government subsidy uh, to keep them, tied them over. So. Whoa. Interesting, isn't so it? So, again, we're paying for their electricity bill. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Let's, uh, let's crack down on the welfare cheats. And oh, absolutely. But, the, but, the, but it's so good for the economy. We needed to do well, it. Well, it is. We, yeah, that's exactly that's what right. we need. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And 
I mean, I, I don't disagree that you know, areas like the Latrobe Valley and Portland, when these things happen, there has to be there have to be transformation processes to get workers over the the hump. Oh, for sure, absolutely. But it, but yeah. it, it, it ought to be the, the the company's responsibilities, in my opinion, much more than this. Whenever these things happen, governments get attacked for not doing enough. Like it's yeah. happened overnight with Toyota. Mm. Even people are saying, "Oh, the government hasn't hasn't mm. put in a plan to help the Toyota workers." Mm. But for God's sake, surely Toyota should be uh, have the plan to help the Toyota workers. I would have thought. Well, exactly. Um, I mean, Toyota will have seen this coming a long time ago, and uh, they should have started to. Try transition plan um, yeah. and and that kind of thing but unfortunately there's there's no there's no real incentive for for to create new interesting dynamic innovative small business you know in these areas because too many people are investing in property speculation that's the problem all that and and of course at least at least it's good to see that big companies do occasionally see a role for government in these things. yeah exactly yes yeah. they'll see a role for yeah. government when it suits them yeah. Yeah. yeah um now the other one i wanted to do with the environment that i find and you i'll, I'll ask i'm not sure of this but i'll, I'll ask you both whether you, there's a contradiction here because we 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 support the the role that East Timor is people, Timor Leste people. Yes. In their campaign against Australia, which certainly cheated them very badly on the boundaries, um, as we know, in terms of extracting the the gas and, um, and and giving them some sort of income. Yes. But there's a contradiction in that onshore we totally support not extracting the gas, not using it, because we say it's environmentally dangerous. Mm. But with this one. The left is fighting for the right of Timor Leste to get that boundary moved, so it can. So, in, on one level, we're saying we we fight for their right to extract something that we consider to be dangerous environmentally. Mm. Uh, is there a contradiction in there somewhere? It's a paradox, yeah. But there are lots of lots of paradoxes in in politics, and it's a, it's a tricky one. Ooh. Yeah, I think that it's it's hard for us to dictate to a so-called developing nation. Um, what they should and shouldn't do. Um, I think ideally we would uh, give them the opportunity to to extract it, but also work work with countries like that to create jobs and industries. Yeah, yeah, alternatives. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's just that, that that's it that, has to be non-coercive, doesn't it? Yeah. That contradiction just struck me, but I mean, but it is. It right, certainly yeah. is a contradiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think there are others. I mean, because we, exp- I, I, I believe. That Islam is a very sexist religion. Yeah. Um, now you know. So is so is Christianity. The Catholic Church hasn't got one one woman priest or one you know, let alone a bishop. Yeah. For instance, not that I think they ought to, anyone ought to be any of those things. But anyway, but um, I think the Catholic Church and Christianity generally have moved forward to about the 15th century, and Islam still stuck at about the 11th. Uh, mm. But we still fight for them, particularly what's happening in America now. We still fight for their right to practice mm. it. Yeah, absolutely. Need be. Similarly, we fight for the rights of the Palestinian people to have their own country, and I would think, I would think, ideally, to go back to their original country, really, and and share it at least, because mm. um, the two the two that's a separate argument now, but the two the two country solution is just out of the question given the, the you know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but there's no, I have no doubt that a Palestinian state, if they if if the struggle was won would not be some mad left-wing socialist state. It might even be some sort of Islamic state. Uh, who knows? Uh, but we still have to fight for their rights. That's, that's, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Because change, change has to come through um, 
societies making their own path and their own decisions uh, mm. to try and coerce change from outside it never worked out well at all mm. um, and I think that's the same with the East Timor thing it's like we, they have to have the right to be able to extract gas yeah. and oil yeah, yeah. but we also as, a, as, as international members of society need to be part of an ongoing discussion with all peoples around the world about how we can make the world a better place but that has to be a non-coercive conversation yep absolutely, yeah. absolutely. speaking of which yeah uh, we, i was a bit remiss in not mentioning that for the weeks we've been off uh, there's been some wonderful programming on this time slot like, which makes us look very ordinary i hate to say oh it, no but like, yes, have we yes, got yes, competition yes. what's oh, been going have on we, have, been we, have we what well the first week was one that i did announce and, and I requested it was a repeat of a program that had been on the uh, the, the Sunday morning program, um, whatever the one out of America, whatever the program's called. Um, but it was about it was an interview. It was a discussion between two British academics or writers about um, about another British writer who died. Uh, and um, it was just wonderful stuff about where the world ought to be going. Oh, uh, really? Uh, you know, how we can address climate change and uh, and what we need to do to change, to, to survive as a planet and survive as people. It was a great discussion, and in fact, I've had a lot of, not a lot of, but I've had a fair bit of positive feedback on it. In fact, just last, uh, last Thursday at the um, Invasion Day rally, mm. I ran into um, two great supporters of 3CR, the Thomas sisters, and they were saying how much they enjoyed it and it should be repeated again, repeated, repeated. Oh, hopefully um, there's a podcast of it. Yeah, it, it's, it's a great program. Yeah. And um, and then the, the subsequent weeks, they've played a series out of Sydney um, from community radio there about the gentrification of specific suburbs, Marrickville, um, oh, really? Miller's Point, which I know a fair bit about, um, Redfern last week, and those suburbs interviewing and interviewing people both who'd been part of the gentrification process, the people who lived there all their lives, etc. Oh, and really? they, were, they were wonderful programs. Yeah. And, uh, oh, look, that that is an issue that I, I'm very interested in. I could yabber on. I mean, we could do a, a episode on gentrification. I'd love to yabber on about that because it's a it's a very interesting topic. Very interesting. I, I pity I didn't hear them. Hopefully, yeah. I can get to hear them on. on well, they were online. excellent programs. Did you hear yeah. them at all, Andy? And <coughs> was that the EcoShock? EcoShock one, one, yeah, that's the one. EcoShock. Thank you very much. Radio yeah. EcoShock. It's played at six o'clock. I think it is Sunday morning. Oh, but yeah. I, I didn't hear the other one from Sydney, but yeah, that they, sounds like it'd be yeah. worth. Radio Skid Row was the group who produced them. Uh, ah, community radio mob nice. in Sydney, and it, they were just great programs. So I just want to yeah. acknowledge that and thank 3CR staff for putting them on, actually, because they yeah, they also conform to the natural the nature of this hour. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. was very good. Speaking of which, and, and population issues, we promised late last year, but we never quite got round to it, that you and Sue Bolton would would debate some oh, issues yes, here because Sue right. takes an issue that there's it's more of a, a a socialist capitalist issue than you would say. You you come from a left position, but on the whole climate issue, on the whole um, population issue, mm. well, Sue is happy to come on, and uh, it's going to be on the fourth Wednesday of this month. It's going to be devoted to that discussion between you two okay so it's um fourth wednesday all yeah, right the 22nd three weeks today so there you are it's it's written in it's in okay. her diary and we're all set to go excellent i shall look forward to it yep uh get moving on to that our favorite newspaper which has been carrying on as a usual way one, one of the one of the really interesting contradictions was they had it that you know they as we know, every, almost every day the word Dan appears somewhere on the front page yes. and it's always a pejorative, as I say. Yes. Well, a couple of you know, a couple of weeks ago they had one uh, 
child abuse crisis, wait times up to two hours, thousands of calls unanswered. And on it goes again, getting stuck into Dan and the government about people having to wait ages on the telephone. Now, at the same time as that was going on, most other sources were talking about the problems at Centrelink, not just people being wrongly asked to give money back, but Mm. also if you tried to get onto them, you spent hours and hours on the phone. So there's a situation with thousands of calls unanswered, wait times up to two hours at Centrelink, but their coverage the same day of that was the only coverage of the thing in the whole period was way back on page, as he looks at the top of the page, page 13, at the very bottom of the page, Centrelink system working. (laughs) And all it does is quote the federal government and the minister talking about how wonderful the system is and how well it's going. So, um, and, and, and knocking the critics on the head. So very same day, we had a classic example of uh, their attitude to two different things. They don't really hide their bias very well, do they? No, in fact, just um, January 27, last Friday, I just bought it in for the hell of it, headline again, Harden Up Dan. And this one's about all these this terrible thing, crime running riot, youth crime running riot, etc., etc. And I found that interesting because also in the same period... Uh, well, during the during the break, we might recall just before Christmas, uh, people shot had, took shots at the CMFEU office in uh, in the city or uh, in Carlton, and um, uh, the Herald Sun did an article about it, and again, you know, took it from the angle of um, these these evil thugs being being shot at, uh, but there was no question there about um, about the people who did it being. Um, you know, deserving the police or to do something about it, screaming and yelling about that one. And since then, they've done nothing. And in the same period, um, Christine Lagarde, the head of the International Monetary Fund, was found guilty of corruption in relation to an issue in in in, um, in France, where she um, a fraudulent uh, arbitration award to a politically connected. Uh, tycoon when she was the finance minister in France. Now, she was found guilty of that uh, and she was not sent to jail. The thing did carry a jail offence. We haven't had the Herald Sun saying not only should she have gone to jail but the the sentence should be increased dramatically but they agree with uh, what happened which was in fact she was allowed, the, the sentence was such, she was, she was convicted but not sentenced, and so she's keeping her job as the, her highly paid job as head of the International Monetary Fund. Now, we haven't heard any screaming about that being a travesty of justice and, uh, and crime run riot. Uh, the term, the silence has been deafening, would be the right term. Uh, yes, they did cover it, but they covered it in terms of um, you know, how good that she was able to keep doing her job. Mm. Uh, isn't mm. that wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> Ah, here I was hoping that 2017 was going to be a, ah, a more progressive no, year for the world, but it's well, just not going, working out that way, is it? Not quite, not, not quite. quite. Um, and just, um, I, I was going to say a little bit about the tennis, because I looked, the financial review coverage of the tennis was wonderful. Um, the Federer and Nadal thing, now I, you know, I have objections to the tennis because of where it's played and what oh, they yes. charge and uh, yes, yes. all that, and the fact that the land was given to them and the massive subsidies. In fact, the head of them thanked the government for its help the other night, which I thought was good. Um, but the, the, final, the men's final itself was a wonderful game. I've got to admit, if you're into sport, it was a great game of tennis. I, don't know if you're watching I it. believe yeah, it was. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see it yeah. myself, but I heard it was um, a great game. And I usually don't like men's finals and things because I think they just bash, bash, bash stuff. But those yeah. two did play a great game. 
but the financial review coverage was what it meant to Channel 7. Uh, Federer v Nadal final gives seven best numbers for 10 years, and all they talk about is the profit made from the whole thing, which I thought was wonderful. <laughs> and for the second day, because the day before they had all the, all the business people and the important people watching it, and the women's final between the Williams sisters, and then they had all the important people, including Harry Trigupoff, Australia's richest man this year, sitting next to Charlie Charles Good, the biggest investor on the stock exchange at the tennis. So they all had a lovely time on the land that used to be the destination of the May Day March. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Yes. And although Carol's son did cover it pretty extensively also, big headline, Grand Slum, and they spent days talking about the homeless who were upsetting the good people who'd come to watch the tennis and the rich and elite going to the tennis. uh, Dastardly homeless. Oh, had to see these bloody homeless people. Um, I don't know. Who had to be moved on? I mean, they quite say, right too. What do they? What, what do they think they're doing? Being homeless mm. in the way of a tennis? Good well, grief! Housing <laughs> in two weeks' time. We might talk about it more. But it, it struck me as interesting that uh, that uh, they uh, they said, well, they need to be moved on. We need a law that says you can't sleep on the street. But then, where do you sleep? Well, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, I know. If you, if you right. say that everywhere you want to sleep is uh, is illegal because you're homeless and you're upsetting people who have to look at you, for God's sake, um, then maybe there maybe other solutions ought to be found. And there is absolutely nothing that I've heard of of any substance that's going to deal with this problem mm. of the homelessness in Victoria. I mean, there might be a few token gestures here and there, but as we all know. The real solution to the problem is to build large amounts of public housing. And, of course, the chances of that happening anytime soon, I'd say, are pretty close to zero. So. <laughs> yeah, you know what I thought you said then? What? I thought you said public housing. <laughs> did you hear that, Andy? Know, what did yeah, you think he said? Yeah. Oh, he's gone mad. He's oh, I have. I yeah, have. I have. So until we, until we have large amounts of public housing, I say to the homeless people, make sure you make yourselves very loud and clear at the tennis. Yes, all well, outside Flinders Street Station or whatever, but on the what people going on the way to the tennis. On the way to the tennis, them, even oh, should I say, bloody awful, yes. bloody terrible. Yes, uh, they couldn't get anywhere near the tennis. No, of course not. I mean, I mean yeah, obviously on the way to the tennis, come on, they wouldn't. Come on. They wouldn't uh, That's another fascinating thing. I, 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 I keep going, but they showed on channel the channel that has, and also in the crowd, of course, they also place people who are in Channel Seven programs, and so they suddenly you never see anyone in a Channel Nine or Channel Ten or any other channel, but suddenly they say, "Oh, there's such and such who's in our wonderful program," mm. uh, who they'd all be in for freebies, of course, and, and placed strategically in their seats. Um, but people go in. I, I can't work it out. I sit at home and watch it. Andy, you must have sat at home and watched it. There are people who sit who pay the tennis people to go in and then sit and watch it on telly inside the joint. Right. And I think, why would you pay to go and watch it on telly inside the joint when you could sit at home? And right. Anyway, I don't know, just right. interesting reflection on people, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You must have been. De- you must be deeply impressed. Um, I would think, Mark and Andy, about the the appointments that Trump has made. In areas like the environment, etc., and 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 Secretary of State. Mike, can I a, just say quickly that we've managed to go twenty five minutes without mentioning Trump? So yeah, I, I, just, I, I just, was thinking that I was. We'll keep him. Well, everyone knows, so we're not going to have to say a lot, are we? No, no. But I just, I think, I think we've done well. I think well, we've done we well have, to go yeah, this long. We did uh, mention World War Three. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I said, yeah, apart yeah. from that, yeah. But no, um, Trump's appointments group. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> what can well, you say? People who people who have been. Suing the EPA for years are now in charge of it. 
bloke who wanted to get rid of the energy energy department is in charge of it. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's really great. Uh, but you'll be pleased to know that um, in in 2012, um, a wonderful director um, called Asgar. Asghar Bahadi, people who know anything about film know that in recent years Iranian, Iran's been making some quite wonderful films, actually. They're very good and, at making films. Yeah, yeah. And, and in 2012, with his film, um, which was a separation, that film, that film, remember that? It was quite a good film. Uh, anyway, he won the Best Foreign Language Film at the Oscars. And he's got his latest film's been nominated again this year, so he's a nomination for the Oscars. But you'll be interested to know that he can't attend because he's Iranian, so he'll be barred from going to the Oscars too. It's very sad. Isn't it's it amazing? Very sad. Yeah. Very sad reflection of the way things are. It's amazing, isn't it? Unless um, unless there's so much pressure that uh, guess who decides to give it an you know, exemption or something. But at the moment, as it stands, he can't go to the mm. Oscars where his film's nominated uh, because he happens to be an Iranian person. Isn't it wonderful? And uh, I thought the other interesting thing was, though, um, that and, and and it's it's predictable, um, I mean, except that people like Trump don't even think of these things. But jihadist groups are celebrating the Trump administration's ban on travel from seven Muslims, etc., saying the new policy validates their claim that the United States is at war with Islam, and it goes on. And they're saying they'll be able to recruit and use it, etc., which is obvious, isn't it? Mm. That you know, how do you um, stop people becoming terrorists in a world where the West has done so much to mm. Islam and to those countries mm. by simply making it worse. Exactly, exactly. Mm. I mean, it, it's not rocket science. You know, you um, you solve problems of extremism by embracing people and not cutting people off and marginalizing them and that mm. that's the absolute opposite i mean it's the opposite. we the, the most effective way of ending terrorism is to work proactively we want to work proactively we don't want to get to the reactive stage where we have to go in and shoot people on the ground like isis we want to deal with it proactively and the very last thing we should be doing is is what trump's doing right now it's just going to exacerbate the problem that's my opinion anyway it's talking about um, the, the, the Mexican war, which could be a minor problem, particularly yes. in Texas, because most of the wall, the land it would go on in Texas is privately owned, and so the private owners are going to want massive compensation, etc. So yeah. it's going to get worse and worse and worse. I mean, it's amazing. but he's talking there for about, well, they, if the government, their government, won't voluntarily pay for it, he's going to put protection excises and all sorts of things on all sorts of trade between countries and other in China as well. Mm. And again, thinking through, I mean, there's a rough chance that if he does that to them, they might do it to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly yeah. And America might find itself worse off because suddenly it's being hit with all sorts of costs and charges and excises and everything else uh, by countries simply because um, he did it to them. But of course, mm. he, he figures he can do it to them, but they have no right to do it to him, I presume. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to know what goes on inside his mind. Oh, well, um, well, the word mind is, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, certainly, saying something. Certainly in for a very... Um, there's an old Chinese saying, isn't there, that may you live in interesting times. 
Yes. So we are certainly living in those. We are, but in interesting times, by the way, at a 27 past when he's in the studio and we haven't got onto transport, John McPherson starts shaking nervously. Yes. Um, so I imagine he's home now, not not just not feeling well, but also shaking nervously because it just ticked over to 28 on one clock and 27 on the other. So look, let's take a quick break and we'll get John and talk transport. Okay, John McPherson's on the line, our monthly guru on and transport issues. John, how are you feeling this morning? Oh, good, Kev. Um, you know, here I am. Hi, John. Hi. Is that Mark? That's it Mark, is, yep. Is, yes. Mark. Mark here as well. Mark, um, well, let's start with that because Mark was saying during that little break while we were waiting, getting you on the line, sure. that he went to um, Carolyn Springs yesterday because they just opened a new oh, railway right. station. Um, I did. Tell us something about it. I... Yes, so I decided I would get on the train. And catch a train to Caroline Springs and then um, walk from Caroline Springs Station into the township. Um, little did I know, it's quite a long walk, isn't it? It's, it is. So I probably that's something... Of, um, of um, sort of crappy, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was interesting. Western Plains. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. But um, yeah, um, one of the interesting things, of course, is they've been reporting that the station is going to be over capacity very soon in terms of car parking. It's obviously a a station where people are expected to drive to people from the various suburbs and they drive and they park their car. Maybe a few people will catch the bus there, but it's certainly not a station where you just walk into town and and catch a train. And it's it's interesting because um, there's a nature reserve pretty much surrounding the car parks. Um, it doesn't look much at first sight, but it's actually a very precious habitat yes. for the legless lizard and its native volcanic grasslands. So it's those western grasslands that, yeah, are, that are, yeah. are knocking yeah, up yeah. all the time. And yeah. they're saying that they may have to build another, extend the car park into those grasslands, which well, is Well, um, I think there's about 350 car spaces provided as did it look full, the car park? Actually, to be fair, it didn't look completely full, um, uh-huh. but they, they do say that it, it, it's expected to be full very soon, so yeah. they, they are predicting that within within you know a year or two they will have to build more. Um, but I think, I think it might be earlier than that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe they should consider a multi-storey car park, you know, or something. Oh, like yes, that. look, um, the, they have made efforts, I must admit, because... Uh, they have made efforts to improve the, um, you know, to extend the bus services from Caroline Springs across the uh, motorway to the station because the station is is what it's one and a half kilometres at least from the edge of Caroline Springs. Yeah, isn't it? That's right. they have made efforts to improve the bus services. Yes, but um, even so, you know, they're Melbourne bus services, so they're not very frequent. No, I caught the bus back and it wasn't right. too bad, and oh, I, I, and it and it connected to the train and everything like that. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, obviously most most people in the morning uh, yeah. they they don't have time to jump on a bus, and of course most people who who use Caroline Springs Station will be driving from from yeah. all over from oh, all over the area. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, in the outer suburbs, I think. I mean, in the inner suburbs, yes, I think everybody has has. Has has to get on a bus and use buses and things to get to the station. But right on the outskirts of Melbourne, um, people are so um, wedded to their cars, even if they're prepared to use a train to uh, commute into mm. the city. Um, a lot of them are going to want to use their cars to get to the to get get to the station. Yes, um, yes. Another city that um, I like comparing Melbourne with is Perth. And there, they're they're prepared to make huge car parks available, 
at their stations out on the, you know, in the outer suburbs there. For instance, there's a new station going in. that They're, they're already building a railway line to their airport, by the way. Are they really? It's, they're starting work on it, yeah. Wow. And it'll go to the airport and it'll continue beyond the airport to um, a station at Forestville, I think it's called. And there they're going to put in 2,500 car parks from the beginning of the, um, of the railway line. I can, yeah, I suppose when when I think about planning, I sort of have this romantic notion of there yeah. being, you know, you get off the train and you kind of walk walk into this lovely kind of yeah. boulevard of shops. But we're creating a yeah. a situation where you just have acres of car parks around railway stations. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. Well, it's this is this is um, Forestville. That's right, it's Forestville. Yeah, that, it, I'm afraid it's it's the way you, it's the way they do planning in Perth. But at least. At least they're acknowledging, you know, that the people, if they're going to if they're going to use the train, they've, they've you know, and they and they also wedded to their cars. They've got to have somewhere to park them. So I take it, John, when you say you always compare Melbourne to Perth, you, can, always, you compare, like to. but you compare the differences as opposed yeah. to yes, yes, yes. Right. Perth, Perth seems to seems to have a more enlightened um, approach. Well, I also went to um, I went to lunch with, at a friend's place at Bentley a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and so I've used now used the new stations that are all completed there, the, the, oh, right, oh, the yes. crossings, Ormond, McKinnon, Bentley, etc. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and um, and um, the Ormond's a bit dark, I think. The station there, I think, underground stations, they you know you, you do something with, but uh, generally speaking, um, they're there, they're done, and I'm sure people won't will forget all about the problems when it comes to the next election because the the government's done it. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's and, happened, and, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I, I certainly um, you couldn't you couldn't accuse. Well, I don't know. Some of the stations, like Melbourne seems to be able to do some stations which look interesting, but often they're not very practical, or they or they do practical and they're not very interesting. It seems to be it seems to be pretty hard to do the two together. Mm. Yeah, but uh, the irony I thought was when you walk up onto this, you go up onto the street at Centre Road in Bedley, yeah. and they've whacked pedestrian lights right at the spot where the train used to cross, so they still yeah. stop the cars anyway. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is ironic. Yeah. At least they're being stopped for a worthy cause pedestrian. That's right. Well, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. but I just thought it was an irony. That's it is all. ironic. <laughs> but speaking the, um, what, what were the stations like for access? Um, I've noticed a lot of the new stations, for instance, there could be access points at the other end of the platform, you know, and there aren't. That you're forced to walk, you know, walk yeah. through a main. Entrance. Yeah, you are, and they ramp up the thing. I, I presume yeah. there's a lift somewhere because it's up to yeah. the street, but I didn't see that. I'm what sure I, there isn't. What, that, what but, I uh, don't understand is why you can't have secondary entrances onto the end of the platforms with steps. You know, mm. well, that's right. Have, doesn't have to have everything. Just steps. Yeah. And, a, and, a, and a reader for your uh, Mikey card. Yeah, and that's another thing with Perth, by the way. They have more secondary entrances to yep. platforms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they understand those things a bit better too, yeah. Speaking mm. of lifts, by the way, John, it's one of the problems at the moment, as uh, we yeah. know. Um, I think yes. we should talk about we should it. Talk um, about this. Yeah. Um, Parliament and Flagstaff, they're doing work on the lifts, so they're not working, but... Uh, the information to people, people in wheelchairs, etc., who have to use them, or even with bike, well, bikes you can get away, you can stumble down the escalator, but nonetheless, um, people just aren't getting enough information, and, and often people are being stranded at these stations. Sure, the man from the, the man from Metro talking on um, uh, uh, ABC Radio the other day said, oh yes, all train drivers have been instructed to make announcements you know, as, as trains approach those stations, that, that the lifts are out of action. 
but obviously that's not happening. Uh, and um, you know, I, I, I don't know what the what what one should be able to expect train drivers to do, but I don't think that's too onerous to ask them to make mm. those announcements. But but they're not those. Couldn't those sort of announcements be made automatically from the same system that announces the next station? That's in? right. Yeah. Mm. Those sort of things. Um, I mean, I suppose it's not so bad if you're coming from the station and you arrive at the top of the list and discover it's out of action, you know, when you're in the city. But then you've got to then still got to find your way on over the, you know, to another station. Mm. And if you're mm. in a wheelchair or something, well, that's course, incredibly yeah. inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, 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 again, it doesn't seem like we we know how to do that stuff. The other the other thing that I think is related to it is what happens in the city when the city's in the middle of having a crisis like we had, you know, two weeks ago, when the um, mm. you know, the Friday yeah, Street, Friday yeah. um, mm. outrage in Burke Street. Um, what happens to public transport then? You know, what information do people get? Mm. About what's happening to them? Mm. Where are they? Where are the trams and trains going? Where, particularly the trams? Uh, I don't think any of that is handled particularly well at all. Um, if there's, for instance, if there's a, a demonstration at Parliament, as there often is at the top of Burke Street, the standard thing is to divert the um, Burke Street trams down on Trobe Street. But and that's. And that's good. I'm glad that they, that's that's in you know that that's that's what they do. But again, they don't tell people about it. You know, yeah, but that happens throughout the system. I think because yeah. you know, even if say you're say you're waiting in um, Clifton Hill or something yeah. for a tram, and there's been an accident up in High Street yeah. with a tram, yeah. Yeah. there's no way you get informed no. uh, that the tram isn't coming. No, no, no. Well, I, personally, I think that there would there are ways of doing it with um, using the self the cell phone, you know, the mobile phone network mm. to uh, feed, you know, at least, uh, you know, audio messages at stations, you know. Mm. So, you know, it stops so that you can at least get a get an audio message at the stops, you know. Uh, I think that could, I think that sort of thing is quite possible. I think so too, yeah. You'd, you'd think they'd be onto that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, yeah so, so many... So many things where they could be more proactive. Often they'll say, "Oh, yeah, the information was available on the website or something like that." But mm. you know, um, you know, <laughs> um, they're expecting a lot of their uh, users. I think. Yeah, but it's yeah. not just also we talk about wheelchairs, but it's women with prams. It's yep. uh, it's people who just have mobility problems generally, but not not in a wheelchair, but they find walking etc. difficult. I mean, they they all they're all affected by it. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean. To have built those large underground stations, presumably with only one lift shaft, you know, um, mm. so that so that they can't take one lift out of action while they repair the other, you know, while the other one continues to operate, is, yeah. a, is a bit shocking too when mm. you think about it, isn't it? It is. Most mostly those things are done with redundancy, and, uh, and and that's what they're doing now with the stations which have got lifts. Um, Ramps and escalators. Some of them have got all three, mm. which is good. Mm. But, uh, but but we're discovering the limitations of the uh, of the city loop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on safety again, um, and this is an interesting one. The um, the Transport Safety Victoria um, is charging Metro trains over an accident that happened. You might remember the accident. Oh uh, yes. Um, it was White Night uh, time two That's years right. ago. A young bloke um, fell and got killed, actually. Yes, caught between the train um, and the, yeah, the um, 
at Hayington Station. Yeah. Um, that was 2014. Yeah, it was two, two, three, nearly three years ago now. Um, say it faces fines of up to 2.8 million. Mm. Um, once the train started moving, he was heading to. He fell through the gap between the train and the platform and died from his injuries. The train driver was charged, but a magistrate dropped his criminal charges last year after a committal hearing. Metro is charged with failing to ensure the safety of its rail infrastructure operations in relation to the gap between the platform and the train and for failing to ensure the safety of its rolling stock operations in relation to installing indefinite interlocking traction delay to prevent trains from being moved with open doors, because people were holding the door open for him at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, one, the bit about the gap, I mean, you can't avoid that, can you? I mean, is, that, is it a crime well, to have that gap there? There are, um, there are some clever solutions to those gaps. You know, where, where, where stations are built on particularly sharp curves, it is quite difficult to deal with the gap. And, and and they would never build a modern station, you know, on a metro on a on a on a curve like that. It would never happen now. But that, but of course, that line was you know built what eighty years ago. Mm, mm. So you know you've got to deal with it. But there are in fact um, ways of 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 um, of um, filling in the gap to some extent at least on sharp curves. So sort of uh, things that protrude from the platform uh, edge of the platform that sort of you know, fill in the gap in a way that at least would would stop a body falling through the the, the hole. You know, mm. um, the other thing, the other part of it, of course, was the override. You know, the override is supposed to, you know, that that meant that even though the open door was supposed to stop the train being able to be moved, that that timed out after what a minute or so. I think it was. It was only it only held the train. Uh, for a minute or so, and then it went to a, went to a, a setting that meant that the train could move with the door door open. Ah, which, yes. Which yeah. you know, which which rather defeats the whole purpose. Well, it of does the, yeah, of it the does. override, doesn't it? If it's meant to be a, a safety thing, and in this this case, it was, certainly was a safety thing because there was the the body of the poor young guy, you know, caught down beside the the train beside the train. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's obviously got to be uh, got to be fixed. It does, yeah. Um, or changed, and I think it may even be that the driver needed more more education too about you know what you know what could could have happened because he probably didn't realise mm. that when the override cut out that when he moved off that that the door was still open. He may not have understood that that yeah. was the case. And indeed, I mean, it goes back to also um, the removal of uh, guards from the back of the train and Very station staff on every platform yes. who would have alerted them. Yes, that's right, and uh, that's right. And I think I think it was after dark that this was happening, or at least in the in he the He was twilight. heading for White Night, so it probably yeah. was that at least dusk or something. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, which also yeah. means that you know lighting would have been bad, and the, and, um, the driver was on the outside of the curve. Um, you know, if you know what I mean, the driver would only have been able to see anything in those um, TV screens or those big mirrors that they have at the end of the platform. Mm. It was supposed to uh, give the driver some extra, yeah, extra yeah. vision. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it was a ridiculous thing all round and terrible as well. Mm. But um, another another thing connected to that is that it does happen. People fall between the ends of the carriages. Oh, they, right. Uh, yeah. People, people with with poor sight have been known to fall. Rem- remember that well, that occasion too. at Richmond yes. that yes. Kevin we've talked about. 
Yep, yep. Um, and uh, Martin Stewart, uh, in yeah. fact, he lost uh, he lost an arm and a leg. Uh, yeah. He, he yeah. put his white cane into what he thought was the, the door, door. Stepped in, and he was between the space between the carriages. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Um, if you look, yeah. if you look, there are quite a few metro systems that actually have. Um, I think New York Metro they actually have sort of barriers across that space, mm. so that people can't sort of accidentally walk walk into that walk in that into mm. that area. And the irony in Martin's case was that he'd actually gone to court because he's a great activist. Yeah. Exactly. Um, for people with disabilities. Well, and he'd exactly. gone to court to fight against removing guards from trains. And yeah, if there'd yeah. been a guard, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, the guard yeah. would have seen it and alerted yeah, the driver. Yeah, the train wouldn't have, again, the yeah. train wouldn't have moved. So mm. it's, the same, it's the same issue. Mm. The, um, what's happening now on the newer systems around the world, metro and suburban, is the putting in of screen doors on the edge of platforms. So when the train yeah. stops... And, and the doors slide open on the train. The doors slide open on the edge of the platform as, as well. And, and, oh, yes. And the doors all line mm. up. Yes, they have that in Singapore. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very it's, good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's happening It's happening all over. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, no, I was very impressed when I saw that in Singapore, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it'll happen on the uh, metro, you know, our metro rail tunnel. We'll probably have them if they can... If they can confidently stop the trains in the right place, they'll. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Yeah. But you've got to, you, you know, everything's got to work. Everything's got to line up, hasn't yeah, it? You, yeah. There's but no, it, there's no room for error. No. No. But it, but it does, um, it does sort out some of those, some of those issues. It also, also helps the issue of people wanting to end their lives by, um, you know, jumping in front of trains too, mm. those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's it is a definitely a big. A big, a big step forward, I think, and it can also help with um, environmental stuff too, because it can help. You can keep the station air conditioned without having to air condition the rail, the tunnels as well. If you see what I mean, you can. Ah, of course, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. that's that's great. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, bad, spot on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's uh, that's a big advantage where it gets very hot, and very cold. Yeah, definitely. Uh, back on this one about the the charges against Metro, sure, yeah. up to two point eight million. I imagine it would never; they probably wouldn't get fined that much. But yeah. whatever they do get fined, if it comes to that, yeah. um, there could be a battle, could there not, for Metro trying to get money out of the government over that? I mean, it's one of those interesting things between who, who's in, who's responsible these days for the system. It'll just go around in a circle, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Metro Metro may well try and say. Well, if you want us to fix the trains, we want extra money to fix, you know, to fix the fix this override thing on all the trains. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gather it's the the older Cominge trains that, that that are the issue. I think the override, you know, is permanent on the uh, newer trains. So if the doors don't don't shut, don't open. What am I trying to say? Sorry. Mm. If the doors don't shut, you're not the... well, John. You've got to. <laughs> we know what you mean. We know what you mean. So, how long do you think it will be before all the old trains are phased out? The uh, common inch ones, quite a long time, quite I think, because time. they're uh, because they're uh, they can probably fix the issue on the old ones. It's probably mm. you know it's probably a, a fix they can they can do. Probably half software, half hardware. Who knows? I don't yeah, know. you'd yeah. think it'd be possible. I think yeah. they, I think they'd be able to. But you know, I'm sure Metro will say to the government, you know, y- y- we want extra money to fix it. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah. Along with many other things. Yes. Just as a, just as a, a small aside, yeah. by the way, on that point about um, the, the stations and the cause of sep- uh, other areas, Sky Rail is causing great furor. Yeah. But you'll be pleased to know that the residents um, who took um, Lower Our Tracks Group took their case to the Supreme Court and it was thrown out. The government's government's work was deemed to be legal so that was right. that was okay. good but on another one there people yeah. are also threatening to take the government to um to court over the metro tunnel route yeah. people people trying to save trees on st kilda road yeah. and they're suggesting an alternate route which would take in part of the shrine um land around oh, the shrine okay. yeah. Yeah. but it, what i found interesting with this was um the government concedes that it would save a lot of trees and may even save a lot of money um, which leaves one to ponder, and the, the, the opposition picked this up, and I don't disagree yeah. with them on this, it leaves one to ponder to what degree they did their environment effects pro- process. Yeah. If if some, if community can come up with an alternative that yeah. saves a lot of trees yeah. and, mm. and is cheaper. It looks, it looks, looks like it's, um, it's um, at least as good, if not better. Better, yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I did see a report one of the people involved in that process was saying that that um, the, uh, the the government people couldn't answer an, an awful lot of questions about about the the, the project they decided on. You know, they they didn't have very good arguments for why why they were doing it this way. It's um, crazy. crazy. I well, I mean, you know my view on the. Me- the I do. Yeah, that, yeah. It's, um, that it's highly questionable. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> even if the, even if you wanted to build the part that went underneath um, Swanston Street, there's a I think there's a quite a good case for at the bottom of Swanston Street turning turning it left and joining head on to the end of the um, Swan uh, sorry the Sandringham Rail Line where that comes you know where that comes into the city. <clears throat> Why not plug it onto the Sandringham Rail Line in the railway yards? Yeah. So, so who are the people that they consult when they make these decisions? That's right. You I wonder, mean, don't you? You, you do wonder. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you obviously yeah. they didn't. They didn't contact you. <laughs> no, I mean, but they, they. You'd think that you know they would consult far and wide and get as many different opinions as possible and ideas yeah. and to come up with a really good solution. Because the more we learn about this, the yeah, more we realise yeah. this is by yeah. no means. No, the, well, the best, well, we're getting, solution. you know, south of the river, we're getting one railway station. Yeah, it? it's, it's, it, it's mm. just badly that thought an, out. That seems an awfully, an, you know, an awful lot of construction just yeah. to get one station at the main. That's right. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, the other thing about looking at St Kilda Road, you know, it's not, it, it's a long, narrow strip, uh, you know, that's built up in, a, you know, business and then and, and, and residential, but it's not. Because it's surrounded by so much park, it's not it's not a you know it's not a hugely dense um, corridor in a way. No, you know, you know right. it looks it it feels it somehow mm. when you drive down it, but but when you look at it on a map, it's not it's you know it's not maybe such a major uh, you know. No, it's yeah, more. Yeah. It's a corridor. It's a, more of a transport corridor. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. The myriad of trams that go down it then move out to other areas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, so again, yeah. it's not. So you know, you sort of wonder. Well, gee, did, you know, what, what's the uh, what's this um, um, domain station supposed to be servicing? Yeah, it gets a bit complicated because when the tra- the planning minister said the alternate design could result in potential traffic management amenity and heritage benefits. 
quote, particularly in relation to tree retention. Yeah. But then Molino, the Deputy Premier, said, yeah. said people can take what action they want. This is a free society, but we're getting on with the job. So, <laughs> <laughs> so much for that. Well, but, well, you'll be... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, well, but, you know, it's an awful lot of money to, to, to uh, blow. On, um, it's a huge amount of money on, to blow. On a, on a not, not, you know, I don't know, not, I don't think particularly well justified Exactly. My mm. project, because yeah. again, I'll go back to the, my original point, which is, you've, you've, getting a, you're getting extra tracks in, in the inner city, but those trains have still got to go through through pinch points further out, like Caulfield, um, in the southeast, and um, and um, North Melbourne in the north northwest, and it's really the number of trains that could go through those points that dictates the number of trains that can go on the tracks in between. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you how many tracks you've got in between. It's the number of trains going through those pinch points that count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also on the point about South Yarra, the one station. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, in the always believe what you read in the press department. Yeah. On the very same day, December twenty second, two thousand and sixteen, John, yes, the Kevin. Herald Sun had a headline covering the story: Metro pain to rain on city and no to South Yarra. Right. The Age the same day: South Yarra may get metro station. So uh, <laughs> very confusing that Government one. Government talk with four tongues. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, that really confused us no oh, end. Uh, yeah, well, you know, to me, to me, passing South Yarra without Putting metro on on a you know having a station there is is in the long term stupid. Mm. If you're going to build thing, you've got to have the interchange points, and that's a major you know that's a major major development hub out. We've, we've got to get the infrastructure right, the public transport infrastructure right. When you look at the fact that yeah. Melbourne's population yeah. is meant to double yeah. by twenty forty right. something, yeah. I mean we've <laughs> we've got to really get it right. We're and not getting look, it right. Well, if you look at yeah, well, yeah, I was in Japan last late, late last year, and um, somewhere like like Tokyo, which of course development is much denser than here, but mm. my God, the, the density of their train and metro mm. systems are just extraordinary. Yeah, mm. we only got about a minute or two left. We'll yeah. do more on this next month, but also coming out in the last month or so, yeah. uh, the government's talking about the federal government's talking about putting in new regulations for fuel emissions. Um, yeah. in cars, uh, but Australia currently rates thirty lowest lowest um, quality petrol of the thirty five countries in the OECD, below Mexico, Turkey, and Estonia. And I know we're also below other third world countries. Um, yet the oil industry and the motor industry are screaming and yelling that this is going to put such incredible costs on, etc. Um, but we really do have awful emission controls, don't we? Yeah, and we we do. You've, you've spelled it out there, and of course we're losing all our car industry later this year. So we've got no, there's no excuse for protecting the local car industry. And all the companies that will be importing cars all have to meet the highest standards elsewhere, so they can meet the highest standards for cars they bring to Australia. It's you know it's 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 um, as, as obvious as that. Mm. And um, if if so, it's a no-brainer, so to speak. A no-brainer, Kev. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel at the moment. I haven't got much brain operating. Well, so I, I was thinking no-brainer sums this program up pretty well, yeah. <laughs> except for Mark and Andy, of course. Yeah, so it's all here, then, brightest yeah. yeah, look, look, we mustn't forget the um, unfortunate, um, unfortunately, Julianne. 
Oh, we haven't mentioned that, in fact, have we? Yeah. Julianne Bell, of course, Bell, who was yeah, again, a regular on the program, um, yeah. an activist in, in um, well, mainly public lands. Yeah, yeah, royal the, park, the protectors she died of last public Friday, lands yeah. and, and, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a stalwart protector of the royal park and uh, a, a, quite a major figure in the East-West yes, yes, East campaign, I reckon. She was indeed, she was, she and... Uh, was did great work. We used to often say on this program, of course, just as a reflection on Julianne, that when we had her on the program, we could put, ask her a question at nine o'clock, go to the pub or the coffee lounge, and at ten o'clock come back and say, "Sorry, time's up, Julianne." <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> and she wouldn't yeah. have taken a breath. That's <laughs> what you need in this world, and, and Julianne certainly certainly had it. Yeah. It's sad that she's gone. She will be greatly missed. Yeah, greatly certainly missed. fought hard yeah. for all those issues. Yeah. She's Thanks for raising that, John. I had, the, I had I meant to and forgot the, about it. I believe the funeral's just coming Friday. It is. Yeah, it is. Church yeah. in um, Parkville, somewhere yeah. in Carlton, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that area. Um, all right, look, we've got to go. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. All right, Cheers, John. Right, next Thank month, you. Anyway, we start the year month. up again, and um, okay. here we go. All hope the you, best. Hope, your health, hope your health improves, Jake. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers.